Hey, my name is Shane Jackson. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Courier. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Byrne. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You kidding me? By Dylan Ward. Gets topside wrap. Oh, scores! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here's your host, Hutton Jackson. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Today, I'm joined by Cannons Attackman, Georgia Swarm Forward, and your 2020 NLL MVP, Shane Jackson. Shane, how's it going today? It's going good. Weather down here in Atlanta is nice. Uh, Can't complain at all. Yeah, and you are probably getting prepared now for this training camp coming up. Uh, how how excited are you to get back onto the field and uh, play with your new Cannons teammates? Uh, I'm very excited. I mean, just to be a part of a team atmosphere again um, is something that I've truly missed uh, with this whole pandemic going on. So uh, myself and uh, Liam Burns, we live together. Um, so we've been, um, you know, kind of training together and shooting a lot. So just doing what we can to get ready for training camp and we're both very excited and can't wait to get going no that's awesome and you know I kind of want to go back to the beginning of your lacrosse career before we get into the pros um you know how did you kind of get first started in lacrosse uh, you grew up obviously in Bowmanville Ontario which is kind of a hotbed for lacrosse but when did you first get a stick in your hands um I think I was 12 years old um so coming where I come from that's that's pretty late um a lot of guys start when they're four or five um mm. so I just I started for something to do during the summer. Um, and then um, if my first summer was just house league. Uh, that was kind of when Bowmanville first got an organization and it was their first year. So I played and um, I remember I didn't really want to play anymore, but my parents kind of, you know, they just stick with it and, you know, thank God they did. And then the second year we got our rep lacrosse team. It's like a travel team that we uh, have at home. And um, so did that and, um, kind of just took off from there. I just loved the game. I loved watching the game. I remember going to Toronto Rock games when I was uh, young at Maple Leaf Gardens and just the atmosphere there. They used to sell out and um, just going to those games was something truly special and I just wanted to be a part of it. So I kind of stuck with it and thank God I did. Yeah, we're certainly ex- really glad that you stuck with it for sure. Um, and then talk about heading to Onondaga where you won a national championship both years you were there um, and we were player of the year in t- 2010. Talk about your experience and how that kind of paved your way to eventually go to Limestone. Yeah, uh, leaving high school with where I came from, we didn't really have those travel field tournaments. I think I went mm-hmm. to one one tournament in Ithaca. It was like the turkey shoot, which a lot of guys go to. And I didn't really have anyone recruiting me out of high school um, just from, you know, not being seen. Um, so I remember a guy I went to high school with, he went on in Daga. Um, and he's like, hey, you should come here next year. It's, you don't have to really get recruited you just kind of get in contact with coach Wilbur and say you're interested and um they kind of bring you on and that's when like Cody Jameson, Sid Smith, um Craig Point they had all won the the Juco championship in 06 and 07 so they kind of had like a powerhouse and kind of put Onondaga on the map as far as Juco went so I remember going down to visit coach Wilbur um loved the campus 
um you know he said uh, you, you're not guaranteed a spot but um you know we'd love to have you and um you know i i i, I love my time there um it was perfect for me because i was still kind of raw in the field game so i was still kind of learning it so to be able to go there and you know play with those with those players that i went with i remember jerome thompson was there jeremy thompson was there so to, you know go there with them and learn from them was something something special and then um you know coach nick gatto he really helped me out as far as my field game um he went to occ and he graduated in 06 and he went to lemoyne and he won a national championship there i believe and um you know so he really helped me out tremendously as far as the field game and um you know without him i don't think i would have had the success i did my especially my second year but um you know to go there and to to win both years was um, a great learning experience. You kind of, you know, learn what it takes to win. And um, yeah, looking back, I, it's probably two of the, my funnest years of playing lacrosse. That's awesome. And then you found your way to limestone. Uh, talk about that transition and how that really set you up, you know, eventually to go into the pros. Yeah. I, I, limestone, they were, they were the team in division two that really wanted me the most, I would say they, um, Chris Barrett, he really pushed to get me and uh, he brought me down for a visit, and that was uh, Coach J.B. Clark's first year there after Mike Serino uh, hadn't moved on to, I believe, the athletic director, I think he is. Um, but, yeah, Coach Coach Clark and Coach Bear really, um, you know, instrumental in getting me there. And then I visited, and they had about 13 more Canadians on the team. So that's that just makes the transition a lot smoother, going with a bunch of box guys and um, – yeah, we we all we almost won it my senior year. We came close, but um, you know, looking back, it's it's a small town, not a lot to do in the town, but but lacrosse and for my development, that was probably the best thing for me, just to focus on lacrosse and um, getting better each and every day. No, that's great. And then you know, one of those defining moments I feel like in everyone's career is when they hear their name called in the draft. You got your name called by the Minnesota Storm in 2012. What was it like to hear your name called? Uh, it was it was an un, unreal moment. I had my my mom and dad there with me, and you know, not too long ago, I was going to watch Toronto Rock games all throughout high school. And when I came back from school, and then to finally hear your name called in the league that you've always wanted to grow up and play in was mm-hmm. you know, was something special. Many we had the second pick, the third pick, and the fourth pick. So um, going into the draft, it was I kind of knew that I was was going to go to many with just having the, the interview process with them and um mm-hmm. but you still never know what going into that so I was still I remember being very nervous going in there but to finally hear my name called and then walking up on the stage was you know something truly special that they were in a, they were a team and the uh you know moving up um so I, I didn't I knew that I was going to go to a competitive team uh, my first year, we went to the semis, which was which we came close. We lost to Rochester, uh, I think, by a goal or two. And we kind of slipped, and then we got obviously we got Miles, and then we got Lyle, and then we got Randy, and then the pieces were kind of you know coming together. So um, you know, I was just just thankful that uh, our owner John John Arlotta took a chance on me and and drafted me, and um, you know we've had a great eight years ever since. So hopefully, we can keep it going for many more years. Absolutely. And talk about the move down to Georgia in 2016 and then eventually winning the championship in 2017. Yeah. I remember we, the, our, my third year in mini, we kind of had, we kind of heard rumblings that we were going to be moving. Um, and then, you know, with the media, they were all, there were five or six different uh, destinations. Um, and then I remember we had like a team 
like Zoom call like this and uh, John, he announced that we were moving down to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, or he said Gwinnett. Um, so we were all, no one had really known about Gwinnett. Um, so, but I know a lot of us were just excited because uh, we, we'd be going down to warm weather. Being in Minnesota, mm-hmm. it's not the warmest place in, in the States. So we were, we were looking forward to that. But yeah, we kind of, we didn't really know what to expect. And then, um, you know, our first game, I think we sold out and, you know, the, the building was rocking and um, we had a good year that year. Um, and then the 2017 year is just one of those years where it was just, you know, you had that like special feeling that we were going to do something, do something great and kind of all just came along. I mean, Lyle went off that year mm-hmm. when the MVP had, had a hundred and something points. Um, Randy had an un- unbelievable year and it was just one of those years where, you know, we got Jordan Hall that year mm-hmm. and that was a, you know, I think that was a big piece for us. And then the biggest piece I think was getting Mike Poole in a net. Um, you know, the minute we got Mike, he kind of calmed everything down for us. Um, so it's just one of those years where, you know, everything kind of went right for us and, um, you know, we were able to get it done. Thankfully we did. It's, it's very hard to win in that league. Um, so to be able to, you know, win it that year was, was truly special. And talk about that final game against the rush that you guys pulled off the victory. It was, you know, thrilling circumstances, you know, what was going through your head during that moment? Oh, it was, it was awesome. Cause SAS that year, they were selling out every, every game. And then it just had those feeling that growing up in Canada, you watch like hockey night in Canada during mm-hmm. the playoffs and, you know, like a game seven, it felt like a game seven. And then you're standing out on the floor for the national anthem and the whole crowd singing it. And you just, you, you know, you get goosebumps, you get goosebumps. I get goosebumps thinking about it right now, but it was just one of those games where it was just back and forth the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- I think, I think it was Churchy scored with Rob Churchy scored with about a minute and a half left to, for them to go up by one. And, um, you know, that, that play where they pulled the goalie, we had practiced that all year. So we mm-hmm. were kind of, you know, ready for that. Um, and then what happened was, you know, they, they fumbled the ball and then, you know, Lyle or Joel White scored the goal and he was able to get it off a save from Jeremy Thompson and went, mm-hmm. luckily it went right into Joel's stick and he was able to put it in and then, you know, going into overtime, I think it was, they had a possession, they might've had a good look. We got a save and then we came down. Um, Randy got uh, a moving or an interference call. So we were able to get the ball back and then Miles put it home. And it was just, you know, it's just an incredible feeling to, you know, when winning overtime in that, in that fashion, in that, in that building and arena, it was, it was something I'll never forget to the, you know, to the day I die. So it was, it was awesome. No, that's great. And you guys, obviously you have continued that success in past seasons, haven't made it back to the championship yet, but um, you know, you have kind of been on the cusp um, and you've kind of been a model of consistency in the pro game, particularly the past NL season that saw you record nine hat tricks in 12 games, including a hat trick in seven consecutive games. So uh, an average of six points a game, eventually, you know, leading to your MVP season. Um, how are you able to be so consistent on a daily basis? Uh, I, I kind of just you know, going into a game and going into each season, I, I just want to go in and work hard and kind of, I find when I'm, when I'm doing that, I don't want to go in and focus on, I need to score. I need to get mm-hmm. put up. Obviously you want to, but I think if you go in with that mindset, then, you know, the success isn't going to fall. So I kind of go in with the same attitude each and every game, each season, just go, go out, work hard, you know, get to the dirty areas. Cause that's where a lot, I get a lot of my goals. I'm not a, I'm not like a 
outside shooter threat, I would say. Mm -hmm. I would, I'm more of like an inside guy. And I find if, as long as I'm working hard and trying to get to that middle, then success usually happens. But, um, you know, a lot of it comes with the guys that I play with. I got Randy, Lyle, Miles, Jordan Hall. Um, you know, the list goes on with guys. So when you have guys like that, that are great guys off the floor, great teammates, um, it makes it a lot easier. Cause I know, you know, with my game, I'm not creating as much space as myself per se. Mm -hmm. um, so to have the guys around you always looking for you makes it that much easier. And, you know, I, I give a lot of them uh, the credit for, you know, the success. I think any one of them can win an MVP. It was just, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, it was just one of those years where um, everything went right for me. And I think that came from just playing. Um, I played the NLL and then we played the Atlanta Blaze in the MLL. Mm -hmm. And then I had the world championships and I really only had like three or four weeks off. So you don't really have that long of an off season. So it was kind of uh, one of those years where I was just, you know, you had a lot of reps. So mm -hmm. going into that NLL season, I was, you know, ready to go. And I think that's what helped me out. No, that's awesome. And unfortunately, you know, now you're kind of in a layover with the NLL season getting canceled early. Um, and then, you know, the hiatus due to the border restrictions and COVID complications. So talk a little bit about how you've been training during this NLL layover and kind of staying ready for this upcoming December. Yeah, being down in Atlanta, I, I, it's nice because I coach a high school down here. Um, so I have my stick in my hand every day. And I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is, you know, when you don't have your stick in your hand, it takes a while to get going if you're going right into training camp. So I think I've been fortunate enough to be able to have my stick in my hand and kind of be around the game. I know people at home don't have that luxury with the lockdown and high school season's not going on and you're, and even minor season's not being able to go on. So, um, you know, luckily I've been been fortunate to have my stick in my hand and um like I said earlier with Lee I live with Liam Burns so me and him we have a field right by our house and we we go out there and we train as much as we can I know it's it's very hard to replicate game speed but um you know we've been trying to do as much as possible as far as running shooting um lifting weights and stuff like that so um you know we've been doing what we can so but you never know like the first day it'll be I'm sure it'll be the first day of camp will be a little tough getting our feet wet with, uh, you know, the, pad, the pads on and getting the hittings, but, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. You know, and let's talk a little bit about, you know, this upcoming PLL season. You played in the MLL past few seasons, uh, obviously had a terrific year in 2019 with the Blaze, um, and then, you know, had a pretty good bubble last year too with the Barrage. Um, then you got picked up this offseason by the Cannons. You're going to be joining your teammate Lyle Thompson, um, you know, from the Swarm on that team. Talk a little bit about your excitement about this upcoming PLL training camp, um, and not only, you know, who you're looking forward to playing with, but maybe some of your swarm teammates you're looking to face as well. Yeah, I, 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 I was, you know, I didn't really think I was going to get drafted. Um, you know, there's a lot of other guys, but I was just, I was just happy to be able to get picked up and, you know, at least go out and show my stuff at a training camp. So, mm -hmm. um, looking forward to it. Yeah. Playing with Lyle. I haven't played with him in field. Um, obviously he's, He's roasted our teams from playing against him, but I'm um, excited to play with him. I'm um, excited to play, be on the same team as Brody Merrill. We've kind of, um, you know, playing against him. I know how, how mean he can be on the floor, so it'll be nice to, you know, be in the same team with him. And then uh, guys like Andrew Koo, I haven't played with him yet. I'm looking forward to play with him. You know, Paul Rabel. Uh, the, there's a lot of guys on the team that we have a lot of skill, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just excited to, you know, I think the PLL has done an outstanding job and, and growing the game. 
Um, so just to be a part of that, even if for how, however long it, it lasts, um, it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait to get going and just, just to play again. I think everyone in the league is just excited to, you know, kind of have a regular season and, you know, mm-hmm. everyone join their team and be with their teammates. And I think that's the biggest thing people are looking forward to the most is just being a part of that team atmosphere after going through what the whole world's gone through with this pandemic. So. No, awesome. And, uh, you know, anybody you're looking to face, I don't want to, you know, do any bulletin board material, but you know, you live with Liam Burns. So, you know, the water dogs and they have a bit of some Canadian influence on there. Randy's obviously on the Chrome, um, any, you know, other Georgia swarm teammates that you're looking forward to face this upcoming yeah, season. Yeah. Like Jordan McIntosh, he, he plays in the Chrome also. Um, you know, miles just, I'm, I'm more excited just to see them. I haven't seen them since mm-hmm. I think our last box game. So it's, it's coming up on like a, almost a year and a half now. So I'm just excited to see them, you know, see how they're doing. And then, you know, obviously if you, if you can get, uh, if, if I'm able to give Jordan McIntosh a little shot, obviously I'm going to take it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one on the swarm will do the same thing, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing all the boys and, um, you know, catching up for how, however long we can catch up for. So it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. No, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into our five and five segment. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Welcome back. Now let's dive into our five and five segment. I'm going to start with the lacrosse questions. And the first one I have is what are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have? Um, I guess my superstition is to try to not have superstitions. I remember <laughs> when I was like younger in the league, if I didn't do it something a certain way, I thought I wasn't going to have a good game. So I kind of just tried to stay away from that and just, I, I just like to kind of keep it loose. I go out and shoot a little bit. And then I come back in the room, I'll sit there, drink water. I do a lot of stretching, um, some band work. So I kind of just, I just want to just try and stay loose. And um, as far as when he gets close to the game time, then mentally I try and like turn it on a little bit more. But I found, especially early in my career, if I'm too revved up too early, I kind of, you know, you, you can kind of like burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, so my superstition, I guess, would say try not to have superstitions. Gotcha. And number two, uh, where's your been your favorite venue to play at? And that can be both box field and you can do multiple ones too, as well. Favorite venue, um, you know, Sask, Saskatchewan's good. Um, I love playing in Calgary. Uh, they have a great fan base there, mm-hmm. Colorado, Buffalo. I think those, those four are the major ones. Um, just the atmosphere there is just crazy. Buffalo, they're, the fans are, they're on you and they're, if you, if you mess up, they're letting you know, um, Calgary, it's awesome. I'd say those four are, would be in a tie. Each, it doesn't matter which, you know, any one of those four is, they're all kind of the same atmosphere. Right? But mm-hmm. any, any place that's packed um, is my favorite place to play. Awesome. And then number three, who has been your toughest matchup during your pro career? Kind of somebody that's really kind of maybe had your number or you just love battling with. 
Um, I well, the toughest guy to play against for me would be Kyle Rubish. Um, mm-hmm. That that whole Saskatchewan defense with it had Kyle Rubish, Brett Mitski, Ryan Dilks, um, and they're all righties, so they're all on my side. So they're 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 unbelievable, and um, each time you play against them, it you know it's going to be a battle. And they're not they're not out there like cheap shot here by any means. They're just very very good defenders, and they don't give you at, at all. And you know, if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it. So those, those, those three guys were probably the toughest. Gotcha. And if they made an NLL video game, who would you say deserves to be on the cover? Um, I would say right now for guys playing would probably be Lyle. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for all time, I think uh, John Grant Jr. I think he's, his hands have were unbelievable. And what he did with the lacrosse stick was – something special and he was he you know he's a winner so i think i think either those two would be a, a very good pick no i agree and we're hopefully looking forward to seeing john grant jr get inducted to this hall of fame class i think he's you know going to be unanimously voted in uh, i think it was just yeah waiting for the time to for them to bring it back but looking I'm forward sure to there'll that. be awards named after him he was he was something special i i never got to play with them but playing against him um you know he always was good for at least three or four. So, um, but yeah, he, he was, he was something special to watch. Absolutely. And then my final lacrosse question is, we know you recently signed with Epic. So what is your current stick set up? And then how does it differ from field to box? Yeah. It, in box, I, I don't have a big pocket. I like to actually, I have a very weird stick. I, I, I unpinch my sticks. I make it wider. Hmm. Um, and uh, right now with Epic, I've uh, just got, a couple sticks a couple weeks ago i'm using the id vision head mm-hmm. um i like i like that head i unpinched it a little bit um so it's, it's i have a little bit of a process as far as stick goes but um in field i like to have like a little bit bigger of a pocket um a little bit more hold um but i still like it just to fly out if i if i feel it tug or anything like that it just it just messes with me so i i'm constantly making sure that it just flies right out and you know it's funny watching people grab my stick and they try to throw with it. They just can't. Um, and they kind of look at it with a weird face. And, um, but it's just something I've, I've gotten used to and I, I'm, I don't think I can change it anymore. So. No. Awesome. And do you string your own sticks? Yeah, I do. I, I learned when I was, uh, when I was younger, I used to get string um, like mesh kits, like STX and they would give you like a manual. We didn't have YouTube back then where you could mm-hmm. kind of go on and watch but they give you like a manual on how to string it. And then it was just a lot of trial and error just, but uh, yeah, I've been stringing my sticks, I think since like my third year playing. So um, I, I hated waiting or going out and trying to find something to string it. So mm-hmm. I just kind of, I was like, oh, I, I want to do this myself. So I just kind of learned myself and I've been doing it ever since. Awesome. Yeah. You know, we, we've been doing a segment called Tuesday tie ups that uh, Matt Linsky is our kind of gear guy does so we'll have to get you on that show where he he just sits with some pros uh, on instagram live and strings some sticks so if you're interested yeah. we'll have to get you on that for yeah, sure absolutely and then moving on to the off the field questions uh the first one i have for you is what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy when you're not playing lacrosse um i'm, I'm kind of a laid-back guy i just like to hang out with friends you know when i'm at home uh you know going up north by the lake um a couple buddies have cottage my girlfriend is a cottage so i spend a lot of time up there um yeah i, I kind of just kind of laid back i like watching hockey a lot um mm-hmm. you know so this this is kind of my favorite time of the year with the uh, stanley cup playoffs so um each night i'm you could 
usually catch me on the couch watching some um, Stanley Cup playoffs. That kind of leads into my next question, actually, perfectly, is who's your favorite non-lacrosse athlete to watch right now? Uh, I've always liked Sidney Crosby. I just like the way, obviously, his his uh, play on the ice, but I, I like the way he goes about it at, off the ice. You know, no one really hears from him off the ice. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of like a quiet guy in that regard. And, um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, like that myself, where I, you know, I'm not posting that much on social media. I'm kind of more of a quiet type. So I've always, like, I've always grown up watching him, and he's always been, like, the top dog as far as, as far as the NHL has been concerned. And um, so I would say he was probably the guy I liked. uh, He's probably my favorite athlete outside of lacrosse. Awesome. And then you mentioned you like going up to the lake. So what's your favorite place to vacation? Is it the lake? Yeah, I like, I like going up there. I like, I like traveling a lot. Um, I went on a big Europe trip two years ago with uh, Jake Withers, Mark Matthews, Austin Shanks and Liam Burns. And that was a blast um but yeah anywhere anywhere on the lake on the waters um i'd like going so especially it's nice during the summer up there it's beautiful uh this time of year with all the lakes up in up in northern ontario and um i would say uh you know that lifestyle is probably my favorite awesome and then number four what's your favorite meal and you prefer to take out cook at home or dine out um i like i like doing all three um, but I, I, I like going out, for, I like going out for dinners, you know, with friends, um, you know, have enough nice meal, maybe a couple of drinks. It's always a, it's always a fun time. So I like my favorite meal is usually like a, probably like a steak with some vegetables or something like that. I like cooking steaks. Me and, uh, me and Liam do that quite a bit down here. So, um, any sort of meat and some vegetables, is usually what, uh, usually what I'm going to go with. Awesome. And then uh, my final one for the off the field is what's a book TV show or podcast that you've been enjoying and you'd recommend to a teammate or a friend. I'm a big podcast guy. I'd say my favorite is uh, spit and chiclets. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that one. Um, there's also some good ones. I uh, like pardon my take with uh, the barstool guys. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I just listened to a good one. It's called um, the whistleblower. It's about that NBA referee scandal. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Pretty- I find that pretty interesting. Uh, the case, there's one also. It's about like a, it's like a murder mystery type thing where it's like an unsolved case. So I'm a big podcast guy. Anytime I'm driving, I usually listen to like a podcast. Um, anything sports and you know, just in, like interesting stuff like that. So I'm a, I'm more of a podcast guy myself. Awesome. Spin Chicklets is the number one for me though. Yeah, no, that's a very common answer from a lot of the players that we interview or whatever. And that's one of my yeah. favorite podcasts as well. You know, oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Uh, final question, not related to the five and five is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? I, I mean, it's probably been said a lot, but um, just always have your stick in your hand. Um, I think, you know, the best players in the world have very good hands and it's, you know, from, from repetition, um, I always try to say when you, when you go out and play, don't, don't try and do it where you have to, I have to hit a hundred. I have to hit, you know, a hundred left, hundred, right. Just go out and just, I growing up, me and my buddies would always just grab our equipment and go down to like an outdoor box. And we kind of just, we'd play for hours, whether, you know, we didn't have like a strict like drill set up. We would just, you know, roll a ball in the corner and kind of just, you know, go in, do a loose ball. And then, uh, whoever comes out, what goes to the net. But I, I just enjoyed having my stick in my hand at all times. Even at home, sitting on the couch, I would, 
have it in my hands, you know, doing a cradle. I've broken a couple windows at home that my parents, I'm sure, weren't happy about. But um, that would be my number one advice is just to enjoy the game and, um, you know, always have your stick in your hand. No, I love that. I think that's some great advice for our young listeners. Well, Shane, we really appreciate you hopping on. Best of luck at training camp and looking forward to seeing you with the Cans this summer. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducan, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent.